So here we're picking up this story where Jesus gets back into the boat after healing the demoniac and then walking away to the others, I mean, going away from the place where he had wanted to do some ministry. So as Jesus gathered on the other side of the, the lake, the, the leader of a local synagogue whose name was Jairus arrived. <clears throat> when, when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. Pleading fervently with him, he said, My little daughter is dying. Please come and lay your hands on her so, and heal her so she can live. So Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding him. And while Jesus is making this journey, uh, one of the most amazing uh, events happened, or one of the most amazing miracles. And that is Jesus, uh, as he was walking, a, a certain woman, it says, uh, in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with a constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal and from many doctors and <laughs> not from her condition, but she had suffered a great deal from many doctors. So that you can just imagine what she went through trying to cure her bleeding. And she had spent everything she had to pay them, but had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus. And so she came up behind him through the crowd and she touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that the healing power had gone out from him. And so he turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my body? His disciples looked at him. His disciples said to him, look, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? And, but he was sure that somebody had touched him. And so he looked, kept looking around. The frightened woman then trembling at the realization of what had happened to her came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace, your suffering is over. And while he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus. They told him, Your daughter is dead. There is no use <clears throat> to trouble the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, Don't be afraid, just have faith. And then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let them go uh, in with him except Peter, James, and John. And when they came into the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much uh, commotion and weeping and wailing. When he went inside, he said, why are all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave. And then he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, Tabitha, Womb, which means little girl get up and or Talitha <laughs> Talitha and the little girl who was 12 the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around they were overwhelmed with the and totally amazed and Jesus gave strict orders not to let anyone uh, tell anyone what happened and then he told them to give her something to eat so this is the the story that we're looking at <clears throat> two stories in one. So the first one I want to dwell on just a little bit. The, the story of this lady, whatever her condition was, it was definitely uh, one that kept her from society. And doctors had pronounced her, the priest had pronounced her unclean because of her bleeding. And she was unable to get her to stop. And then she heard of Jesus and she decided that she would try this thing. Or she would touch him and obviously she was healed now 
sometimes I wonder why Jesus made her come out of the crowd to to acknowledge the healing. Like it's something that was embarrassing and it's something that, you know, she probably didn't want anybody to know. And uh, she did get the healing, but why did Jesus make her come forward to, to say something? Um, it's interesting because he, he even, you know, he, he could have said, hey, he could have gone straight up to her and said, why did you touch me? But instead he asked who touched me and gave her a chance to, to come forward on her own. So she had to she had to say something he didn't like point her out um, and it's possible that she needed something more than just the physical healing and that was an opportunity for her to express her faith and to 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 receive his uh, um, his praise for for having that faith and, and things like that and that, that was something that she needed as well as just as much as a physical healing yeah and when I look at this thing and I look at uh, what what Jesus did there. To me, it's it's amazing that Jesus actually um, made her come forward because if she, he had not made her come forward, nobody would have known this this particular healing story. Yeah. And now it doesn't say this here, but um, somebody pointed this out in, in another sermon long long ago that most Jews had to wear, or most Jews that were religious wore uh, a blue hem on their garment because they wanted to symbolize their following the law. And it's likely that Jesus also wore that blue hem. And for, for this lady, she reasoned through that thing saying that some of his virtue, his virtuous life will flow into me and will be healing for me. And that's exactly <clears throat> what happened according to her faith. But going on, um, I think Jesus also wanted to make a point to his disciples that um, the healing was was a significant event in her life, but it was also something that they should also know about. And uh, ministry can never be impersonal. Like they were saying, look, all these people are pressing on you, pushing you. Why are you, you know, how can you say that somebody touched you? But regardless of that that was a very particular touch and for jesus you know it says in other versions it says i felt virtue go out of my life you know and uh for that jesus wanted to to see what was what it was about so anyway uh as Jesus stopped to to deal with this issue the messengers came and they said your daughter is dead why trouble the teacher and it must have been crushing for the man because here if he had if this lady had not interrupted, maybe Jesus would have made it to uh, while his daughter was still alive. Yeah. But here Jesus was about to uh, do his, I believe this is his very first miracle of raising somebody from the dead. It had never been done before. And he did it only three times. So he did it with this girl and he did it with the widow's son and he did it with Lazarus. So this is, Jesus had never done this particular miracle where he had raised somebody from the dead. And so it was almost impossible, but for Jesus, nothing is impossible. And so Jesus went. And the, the thing that I find here, knowing the culture of, of that particular part of the world, is that they were already wailing in mourning, meaning that uh, the death had already been announced. And 
in that part of the world, people weep and wail as a show of respect to the departed and as a way to bring people in to know that something wrong has happened in their house, right? And so they were doing what the, the cultural thing was to do. But Jesus came in and Jesus just put a stop to all of that because he really was going to raise her from the dead. And why did he say that the child is only asleep? Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a good answer for that. It just seems like... <coughs> I don't know. Jesus wanted to produce that certain reaction. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, Jesus went on to say uh, that that she's not dead, she's only asleep. And I think he was talking about the, the fact that it wasn't an eternal death, it was just a temporary thing. And he went and he got her to get up. She got up and then he fed her, asked her to be fed, and he restored her to her parents. What an amazing... Yeah, it's it's interesting how, how Jesus went about the whole thing. Just like like you said, he he took his time getting there, even though he, he probably realized that this was an urgent matter. So maybe he he intended ahead of time for for things to to play out so that he could actually perform a greater miracle than it would have been if if he just had healed her. Um, and I don't know why he chose to do that in that particular situation as opposed to to you know he could have just said the word and the girl would have been healed like he did with the centurion. Um, but it seemed that in every circumstance he he had some kind of plan. He had some kind of purpose in doing it this way. And it's possible that even Jairus himself being being a leader, a religious leader, um, maybe was impacted by this thing differently because he played out this way as opposed to him just healing her. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe Jairus had a part to play in, in, the, in the church in the future. So we don't always know, like, the, the behind-the-scenes interactions or anything. Yeah, it's also possible that Jesus wanted to demonstrate to his disciples how to raise somebody from the dead. And so he took them in so they could observe what he was doing. And this story reminds me of the story of Dorcas mm -hmm. and how Peter sent away all the mourners and everybody after they had told everything to him that she had done. And then he was just with her alone and he prayed to God. So I think... Maybe the possibility is that Jesus wanted this to be a teaching moment for his disciples to see precisely how he did this. Yeah, yeah. So, that maybe that was it. Anyway, there's not much else to add to this particular part of this, the, the chapter. Uh, we started off with a demoniac, and then there's the lady who was healed from her uh, issue of blood, and then Jairus' daughter. So it's a good, good way to uh, close off this chapter, and we'll begin the next.